listening to the Embassy Church Podcast. And here is today's message. to put things in right perspective and right alignment with you. God, sometimes we get so out of control and priorities get out of control and we put things as more important than you. But God, knowing that our design your way of doing things, that your will and your kingdom being established in our life is the best way, it's the highest way. So God, even in these moments, as we're singing this song, that we would, that you would show us, Holy Spirit, what places in our life are out of alignment, what things that we've put ahead of you, what idols we started worshiping. And God, even some of us that are going through things right now that sometimes we focus on the attack or focus on the storm Right now, let there just be a perspective shift that we see you as bigger, as stronger, as mightier. That where our eyes are supposed to be looking at, which is you, we shift them even now to you, God. Because you're bigger than all of it. know exactly what's going on and you know what you're doing and I don't need to be in fear I don't need to worry because I have a good father that I can go to that I can run to that I can look to For those that came in carrying heavy hearts, heavy minds, that there would be that shift that takes place. And as it takes place right now, as we begin to look at you and not the problems and not the worries and not the cares of this life, as we begin to look to you, that peace enters in that, into our souls and our hearts in Jesus' name. Thank you, praise and worship team. Uh, Adam was talking about the uh, youth conference that's coming up in September uh, 23rd and 24th. And Sammy will be here with us on the Sunday. Um, But the youth conference that's coming up, I'm so excited about it. And I really believe that this is a God-ordained moment. I know that 
going into this year in praying and, and spending time with God, that it was one of the things he said that this this year pour into this generation, pour into the younger generation, the Gen Zs pour into them. And so the age group is 12 to 26. So it's a, a big age group. It's young adults and the youth that are being invited to it. And we have been reaching out to, and like other um, churches, if you know churches are like, hey, we should invite them, do it. I really, I really think this is a defining moment for a generation. Uh, we also have another guy that I, it's kind of funny how it works. I was thinking, I think I'm going to bring two people in. I'd like to bring in Sammy. And I kind of had this name rolling around in me uh, named TJ, TJ Green. And I, I knew of him. I don't know him well, or at the time I didn't know him. And, and so I was kind of like, oh, and I look him up on Facebook, you know, creep him a little bit. And like this guy and kind of, you know, just thinking about it, whatever, and I thought, no, you know what, we'll just stick with Sammy and that's fine. And then we left for Edmonton for the, um, the football, the red zone thing that I talked about a couple weeks ago. And the night before, it was a Friday night, they're having a steak dinner for all the volunteers. And so we kind of walked in a little bit late and uh, we moved in and sat down and there were some people across from us. And, and I said, oh, hi, I'm Megan. And he said, hi, I'm TJ Green. <laughs> I said, that's really funny. I've been creeping you. <laughs> and uh, so I immediately started to talk to him about coming down. I said, I've been thinking about having you come for this conference. Sammy's coming, and he's used to ministering with Sammy um, regularly. And he's like, oh, I love ministering with Sammy. And he said, my, it is my heart to pour into uh, the younger generation. If I can pour into the younger generation, I'm there. And so just this last week, he came back and said that he was coming. And so that's super, super exciting. So we've got somebody else coming as well. And we're wanting to make it um, really different and fun and youth and and not just, just, just pouring into them. So it's going to be extravagant and wonderful and amazing. And so make sure that you get the word out there because it's not about numbers. It's not. We could have 10 and I, I would be happy and I'd pour into that. But what it is about is reaching as many in that generation as, as we can. Okay? All right. Well, I told you I was going to talk about relationships and I'm not. Um, I lied. <laughs> this is my confession time. No, I, I, th I thought I was going to talk about it. But again, um, the Lord just came in and said, no, you're going to talk about this. And I... And I kind of see what he's setting up in this moment. It feels as though um, it's like he's giving us words for what's to come or walking into this next season. And that's exactly um, what I got today. So if this message was entitled anything, it would be entitled stay steady, stay steady. And that is the word that I keep hearing in my spirit over and over again. There's been a lot going on and I, I think I'm not the only one. In fact, I know I'm not the only one, that there's many of you here online that just there is, it seems like there's a whirlwind kind of going on and you're maybe being met with thing after thing. And, and if you're not, that's wonderful too, but there's just been a lot going on and I just keep hearing the Lord say to me, stay steady, stay steady. You can walk through a storm without it touching you, stay steady. And so we're gonna start in 1 Peter 4.12. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, 
as though something strange were happening to you. <laughs> That's a funny verse. Like, don't be surprised, guys, as though it was something strange. No, there's things that are going to happen in your life and things that are going to come, so don't let it take you off guard. Don't be shocked by it. Things are going to happen. Don't be surprised. It's not strange. This is your warning. There's going to be some things that are going to come. I looked up the word fiery trial, and it means calamities, trials, refiners, fire, things, right? Are gonna happen, and it's, and it's like, it just, like things are happening, and, and it feels like, for a lot of us, I think, that there's a fiery trial going on. The Bible says, don't be surprised. I wrote this down, I wrote, but you know what's funny is I'm often surprised. It often takes me by surprise. Even when I feel like the Lord has kind of warned me, I'm surprised. <laughs> what? You said this was gonna happen and it happened. <laughs> I'm surprised by it. In the Message Bible, it says it like this. Friends, when life gets really difficult, don't jump to the conclusions that God isn't on the job. Instead, be glad that you are in the very thick of what Christ experienced. This is a spiritual refining process with glory just around the corner. Glory just around the corner. It is so hard to walk through fiery trials and be like, it's okay. Glory is coming. Glory is just around the corner. I'm walking through this, but that's what the word says right around the corner glory is just around the corner while you're walking through glory is just around the corner but what jumps out at me in this is the word conclusion don't jump to conclusions don't jump to conclusions that God isn't on the job in the middle of it and I think that's exactly what I do I jump to conclusions I start thinking of things like is it me? Is it something I did? Did I miss it? Is God not looking at me anymore? Does God not care about me anymore? Did God not say? Did anyone ever done that? Maybe God loves other people more than he loves me. Maybe I'm not chosen. Maybe I'm not that person. Anybody ever have those thoughts? jumping to conclusions in the middle of storms, we begin to go to that place. And the Bible says, don't, don't jump to conclusions that he's not there, that he's not on the job. He's working. I'm warning you, trials are going to come. Trials are going to come. But he says, don't jump to conclusions. And don't make decisions when times get hard like that. Don't make decisions based on the conclusions that you've come to as well. Because often what happens is the decisions that you're making are actually based in you trying to escape. Get out of what you're walking through. And I feel like the Lord's saying again today, stay steady. 
stay steady. You, hard times will come, trials will come. Stay steady. The most common attack of the enemy is his questions. Questions aren't bad, but whenever the enemy gets you to ask yourself his questions, it always leads to deception and unbelief. It always causes you to begin to look inward instead of looking at God. And whenever God asks questions, anyone ever had God ask us questions before where it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> like he can see what you're doing and you're like, oh. <laughs> and when God asks questions, it always causes us to look at him. And inevitably, his questions will always lead to greater faith and, and revelation and understanding. But the enemy is the opposite. He's, he sows deception. He sows unbelief in those questions. And it's the same thing that the verses, don't jump to conclusions. Don't let your mind go there in the middle of it. Don't go to that place. I want us to look in Genesis 3. And this is the story of Adam and Eve, and Eve's about to eat from the tree. And so here, here we show up. She's out for a walk, and she notices a serpent, and he begins to speak to her. He says this, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say... You shall not eat of any tree in the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise. There she's got deception that just entered in. She took of its fruit and ate. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloth. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man. Here's God's question. Where are you? <laughs> so the enemy asks a question that says, did God really say? Did God actually say that? God asks, where are you? God knew where they were. And the enemy knew what God had said too. But did God actually say is one of the questions that the enemy will always try to plague you with. Did God really say? Did God really say you were his beloved? Did God really say? Did God really call you to do that? Did, did God really say? Now you've started out on this journey and always the enemy will come and be like, mm, or did you miss it? It's part of the deception of the enemy 
And you'll always question this. Let's look at Luke 4. Now this is Jesus, and he has gone into the wilderness to fast. Well, the Bible says to be tempted of the enemy, but he says, verse 4, or chapter 4, verse 1, and Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan, he was being baptized, and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. For 40 days, being tempted by the devil, and he ate nothing during these days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. The devil said to him, if you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in the moment of time and said to him, to you I will give all of this authority and their glory for it has been delivered to me and I give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered him, it is written, you shall not worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. And he took him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. The enemy began to ask the other question that was directly connected to his identity. If you are God's son. And, and this is one of those questions we even go to ourselves. If anyone ever done this, is Christianity even real? Maybe. Maybe God's not real. Have you ever had those questions? I have. It's the enemy. If God really did care about you, would you be walking through this? Questions that go after your identity. And interestingly enough, if you see, we just read it, the enemy said, all of this authority will be yours. Jesus had authority. He had authority. But what these questions do, they come and they bring deception and they always go after your confidence. The enemy cannot change who you are. He cannot change that you are a son or a daughter. He can't do it. But what he can do is bring deception that hinders your confidence in who you are. His goal is to get you to sit down. back away and he hinders your confidence every time we believe those lies and we take them and it's like yeah okay maybe I'm not maybe God didn't say and and we begin to back away he can't change what God said he can't change who God says you are but he can he can change he can affect excuse me the confidence and when your confidence is affected therefore the authority that you begin to walk in gets hindered So when going through storms, when going through the battle, when going through attack, whatever is going on, don't be surprised. Don't jump to conclusions. Stay steady. Stay steady. In Luke 3, just before Jesus goes into the wilderness, Jesus is baptized, right? And he comes up out of the water. And you hear the voice of God say, this is my son. 
my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He spoke something and immediately the enemy went after. Don't be surprised that when God speaks something over you or speaks something to you, that the enemy doesn't go after it immediately. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this is the cool part. Then you see right after the, Jesus comes out of the wilderness after going head to toe with the enemy, he comes out and he goes to the temple and this is what he says, and I, I think it's so cool because I'm thinking like he, he just, the enemy went after his identity, the enemy was trying to hinder his confidence, the enemy was going after him, and he comes out. And this is what he says, verse 19 of chapter four. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. The enemy just says, if you really are, oh, I really am. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. And to recognize that when the hard times come, the enemy is trying to go after your confidence to get you to sit down. You're not going to sit down. He said to me, it is possible to walk through this storm and not be touched. Stay steady. Keep going. Stay steady. Keep going. Stay steady, church. Stay steady. Keep going. Two things that are the absolute foundation for our souls that would keep us steady is did God say and who am I really? And it's the same thing that the enemy will go after. Bill Johnson said this, you can tell what the enemy fears about you in your life by recognizing what he attacks. When he recognizes something he fears, that you will discover he will attack you in that area. I'll say it again. You can, you can tell what the enemy fears about you by recognizing what he's attacking. He's afraid that you will discover or that you are discovering what God has said about you, who God has created you to be, and he will attack in that area. So... Think about this for a second. If you are under attack right now, what is the enemy fearing about you? And he said it like this. You can also see in yourself, in, in, in people, when people are under attack, or in your city, when there is an attack going on that you know this is demonic, this isn't even right. There is something that he fears, that God has spoken, that he's trying to stop. I don't know, I started to think about that. I kind of got excited for a moment. I'm like, you know, we've got homelessness, wow, is a real problem. And I know it's everywhere, I, I know that, but, but we're seeing it in PA a lot. You see it everywhere, right? What does the enemy fear? And I think about like, I think it was in 2019 and, and, and there could be more, this is my quick thinking, but I, in 2019 or maybe it was in the beginning of 2020 
we began to talk about the prodigals coming home. That the harvest was coming. That people would find their home in him. And now we see. Homeless. I don't know. There's maybe more to it. There probably is way more to it. Drugs, alcohol. Going after their identity. Think about it. It's like the enemy is showing his cards. Wait a sec. This is the attack that's going on. He's fearing something. What's he fearing? But even in our own life, he's attacking something. What's he fearing? What's he seeing? And you are under attack by the enemy because you are a threat to him, but also because you are close to another victory. That's what he's afraid of, the victory. The other day, um, you know, like I said, there's been lots of, lots of swirling. And I was just talking to a friend last night who, same thing, just like, they've just been going through it and uh, I said to her I'm like I know I'm not really phased by the big things it's like you you're you know you just keep going to the big things and then it's when the little things that kind of just like pff, knock me you know <laughs> and so was, I was at the lake and I in the morning and I'm gonna go for a quick walk and I'm walking and I put my headphones in and I was kind of looking for something to listen to should I listen to music should I listen to a podcast and there was this five minute kind of blurb um, by Bill Johnson and, and I clicked on it and it was exactly what I needed and I want to share it with you. He was talking about Psalms 23 and in Psalms 23 is the um, verse that he prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. And he said, the idea of this, and I've never heard it like this, that's why I'm sharing it, but it was, it was so good for me in that moment. But the idea of this, he said, is that when all hell is breaking loose, when the enemy has come and, and there is an attack and it, you, are, you are going through it, there is a storm that in the middle of that, he has prepared a table for you. That there is a place in the middle of it for you to feast and for you to dine with him. There is something that he's gonna say there's in the middle of it. And so many times we often, he said, look at the enemy the enemy's attacking them. And I mean, yeah, the, we can go like, yeah, I'm under attack right now. But no, that's not the focus. The focus is if I'm under attack, there is a table for me to feast at because he's prepared it for me. And so I'm like, wow, God, oh my gosh, I've never seen that before. And it wasn't an hour later that all hell started to break loose. And it was one thing after, I, I could tell you, it's not, I mean, like I said, it's, it was little things, but it was like one thing after the other, after the other, and it was like, oh my goodness, you know? But in the middle of it, I just hearing that, I kept saying, there's a table for me. There's a table for me. There is rest for my soul in the middle of this. There's a table here. That's how we stay steady. That I may be walking 
through this and storms going all around and the enemy may be trying to do all that he could. There's a table for me. There's a table in this. 1 Peter 4.19 in the message says, So, if you find life difficult because you're doing what God said, take it in stride. Trust him. He knows what he's doing and he'll keep on doing it. Take it in stride. Sounds like stay steady. When you find like, I, I didn't sign up for this God, stay steady. Because he's going to keep on doing what he does. He is faithful. In 2 Corinthians 4, 13, it says, we're not keeping this quiet, not on your life. Just like the psalmist who wrote, I believe it, so I said it. We say what we believe. And what we believe is that the one who raised up the master Jesus will just as certainly raise us up with you alive. Every detail works to your advantage and to God's glory. Every detail works to your advantage and to God's glory. And then look at it, it says more and more grace, more and more people, more and more praise, more and more grace, more and more people, more and more praise, more and more grace. There's more and more grace. There's more and more grace, more and more people, and there will be more and more praise. I will walk through this and there will be more and more praise. There'll be more and more people touched by this. There will be more and more praise. And then it goes on to say, so we're not giving up. How could we? Even on the outside, it often looks like things are falling apart on us. On the inside, where God is making new life, not a day goes by without his unfolding grace. Even though it looks like all hell is breaking loose. On the outside, it's like, God, where are you? How do you, how do you make this good? I don't know. On the inside. Where God is making new life, not a day goes by without his unfolding grace. These hard times are small potatoes Yep, it says it in there. <laughs> Compared to the coming good times, the lavish celebration prepared for us, there is far more here that meets the eye. The things we see now are here today, gone tomorrow, but the things we can't see will last forever. And I love that part where it says there's far more here than meets the eye. There's far more here that we could remember in the days ahead that there is far more that meets the eye. There's far more here than what I'm seeing. That I, I may see in the natural that this looks really bad, but on the inside, God is working it out. And there's far more here that may, meets the eye. And so I encourage you, church, a couple weeks ago, we heard the word going into summer that God said, rest 
rest. And then last week it was do not worry. Don't you worry. And this week, stay steady. You can walk through this, stay steady. You got this, because you got me. Stay steady. I'm a good father. Keep looking at me. Keep your eyes on me. Stay steady. For more information about Embassy Church, visit our website at embassychurch.ca. Thank you.